Okay, welcome in. It is the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. We have had a uh, slight break here as we have... uh, It's been summer, it's been crazy, and uh, things have been happening. So um, my wife and I did that parenting um, series, I guess you could call it, in May and June, and that was awesome and really good feedback on that, some really good conversations. Still definitely learning in that department. I don't think that goes away. Uh, but today, I'm excited. We're going to do uh, a two-part series called Aim Small, Miss Small. And my guest today is Pastor Daniel Brooker. Daniel, would you say hello? Hello. All right. And so Daniel uh, is the head of school at Erie First Christian Academy, which is the school affiliated with the church that I work at, uh, Erie First in Erie, Pennsylvania. And um, Daniel... how? Fourth year? Yep, this is my fourth year. This here. is his fourth year, um, kind of running the show over there. And so I thought he would be a great guest to talk about this because I have been, I'm the executive pastor here at Erie First now. That's kind of a new change. I've been here um, four years as well, entering my fifth. But for the last year, I've been the executive pastor. If you walked into my office, I have been trying to get my desk organized for a whole year and it hasn't worked yet. And so, <laughs> I am uh, I am definitely learning on the job, learning a lot about overseeing such a large organization. And Daniel's been doing uh, this a few more years than I. He also oversees a very large operation, many employees over there on the school side. And so I thought it would be just some good back and forth for us to discuss maybe some of the things you've learned, Daniel, and then also like practices you try to put in place, things you try to do. I think this is applicable to your life whether you're in ministry or not, and that's why I think this is a good conversation. Um, Daniel is a parent of three children, obviously a husband, so there's like just so many dynamics to work-life balance and work-stress balance and just all the different things. So so I chose this uh, analogy of aim small, miss small, because Daniel's a hunter, and so I I thought, (laughs) I mean, I don't know, you, you can speak to whether it was an appropriate one to choose or not, but... I thought it would be a good uh, target, if you will, uh, as far as like how you approach. Maybe why don't you just roll and I'll jump in with thoughts or questions. But like how you approach overseeing such a big organization, some of the things you've learned along the way, and how you're how you strive to get better at it. Oh yeah, well I mean that actually that's saying I love that when you <laughs> when you mentioned that to me, I you know I immediately jumped into it because of my love for the outdoors and the hunting and stuff, but also my my love for that. The Patriot, which has that quote in the, it as the well. Movie. Yeah, Full that. disclosure, someone taught it to me, aim small, hit small. So <laughs> I emailed Daniel, hey, I want to do these podcasts, da 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 uh, I thought we could call him aim small, hit small. And he emailed me back and said, I'm all in, man. That sounds awesome. But I think it's aim small, miss small. And so I immediately <laughs> am Googling and trying to figure it out. And apparently the person who taught it to me taught it to me wrong. So It's okay. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, so, so maybe... Uh, Explain. Yeah, no, yeah, that whole concept, the aim small, miss small. I mean, you know, I remember my dad actually kind of teaching us that and talking about that because when you're looking down that barrel or you're looking and you're seeing down the scope and when you're aiming, I mean, so many times people talk about buck fever. Now you look at the big picture, you see the big horns, you see the bucks and everything. All of a sudden that target that you're looking at there becomes overwhelming or it gets into your head and you just got to focus on that one spot, the one small spot that you need to hit. 
And so when you focus on the one small thing, you hit the small thing. You, you hit that. You don't get overwhelmed by the large picture of there. So, and if you miss, you miss by a small amount. By small. That's the idea. Right, exactly. All right. See, I always assumed it was if you aim small, you if you, you will hit the small target you're right. aiming at. So it's kind of the same idea. Right, kind of like you're not going to miss as much. You're going to miss small if you, aim, you know, aim small. Yeah. Not that this whole, like, we shouldn't have <laughs> big... Sure. Big ideas, but like you know, to get them done. But that's, I think that's kind, what we're talking about. Yeah, today. that's kind of the idea behind the conversation, though. Is like, how do you, how have you found ways to manage overseeing such a large organization? And when you think of a school year, you need to have thought through everything from the first day right, to yeah. graduation, which is just daunting, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also need to think through in the first week what is this employee going to do every single day? What is that employee? Right? So it's like there's the big and there's the little and there's just all of it. So how do you manage? Yeah, I think, you know, kind of looking at this and just even, because so many times, especially when you're getting ready for something like this, you're like, wait, what, what do I do? <laughs> you know, it's kind of that, you know, some of it's so natural or some of that you don't think about what you do. And so kind of thinking through this, I know the big thing for me, and just even like you said, because this past year with COVID, many organizations, this was the epitome of everything that they did, you know, where they said, hey, everything needs to change. We got to look at every single aspect, the smallest, minute details. Uh, and for me, leading an organization, for anyone who leads an organization or is leading or looking to try and get better at this concept. I think the main word that stuck out to me or that I kind of focus on is balance. Uh, because it really needs to be balanced because you can't be whether something is good or even prioritized even at times, but sometimes you got to really realize the fact that I have to keep it all balanced. Um, and so kind of like for me, when I'm like looking at the large organization, because especially someone in a leadership role, whether you're the top or whether you're not even the top of an organization, but you're lower in the organization, an organization that doesn't dream doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, so many times people get caught up with the you know small details that they don't do, the big details of dreaming. And then you, you I think we can all say we've also been under leadership or organizations where all they do is dream, right? Right. And and all they do is dream and then nothing ever happens. But never work. Right. Exactly. Been so, there. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be one of those balances because if you know if an organization loses its dream, loses its ability to have vision moving forward, then there's nothing that people want to follow. There's nothing that really inspires them. So I know for me with kind of the school, that's constantly a battle within my position and my role here is going, hey, where are we going? What's this dream that we have? What is this? Where are we heading? What? And then you kind of get that and you go, hey, what are the parts that have to kind of be a part of this? Um, and it's the balance of the good, you know, too much of a good thing is still bad. Right. Too much of a good thing is still Me- bad. Meaning too much vision or too much dreaming, but no action behind it. Right. Exactly. Is, is problematic. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, and so kind of like kind of looking through this and kind of even thinking about it, I mean, because what we need to do is be productive in whatever sense that is. I mean, whatever organization that someone's leading, whether it's a school or church, I mean, we have different key indicators of productivity, right? Right, right. And we got to look at that and kind of say, hey, what are some key things that... uh, And I thought back at this. When I thought about balance, I actually made me think back to... uh, a conference I had been at, and actually, I was able to find some of my notes from it because I think they're like thieves of uh, productivity, 
was one of the things, like things that kind of take our productivity away, you know, kind of looking at us. And it was actually drive excellence, information, and activity, which all are good things, all right? That's not what the, the speaker was saying or what I'm even thinking of. But in excess, they kind of cause this, like, paralysis. Right. Say them again. Yeah, I'm going to say them again. So, like, drive. So if you have too much drive in excess, but you don't ever have any, like, the support to kind of, like, that's like too much dream. Sure, sure. You know, or if you shoot for so much excellence that you're looking at the minute details that you're crumbling because almost like a perfectionist mentality, well, that's, again, it's a good thing, but in too much, you never, it kind of causes us paralysis. Right. Um, information, just kind of continuing to try and get more of the information, you never move forward, or too much activity. I mean, we've all uh, been in a state where if I have too much going on, then I lose the excellence. And too much of any of those causes a depreciation or a lacking in a different area. So it really goes back to that, again, that word that I I feel like hits so many areas of my life, balance, you know? And because if we don't have that balance, you can sense it. You can feel it as a leader, as a husband, as a parent, you know? And that's really how we have to be to be productive is to be able to balance it. Um, with the small things. So again, the aim small, miss small. It's not that we're not going to hit the, the big target here, but we got to look at the little things to kind of balance it and kind of move it forward. Right. Uh, so it's essentially figuring out what your big goal or what your big vision is, but then building small daily, weekly, monthly habits or tasks that, that ultimately end at that big destination, right? Exactly. Like yeah. that's really what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I really was big about this in my life, my personal life, everything like that. I, I kind of joined in on a coaching group that kind of taught a lot of this. And I'm sure I'm going to say this and everyone's going to know what I'm talking about. Like it's the smart goals. Um, and so smart being S for specific, you know, a goal needs to be specific M being measurable, a being, you know, who are you accountable to? Uh, are being, is it, I mean, is it reachable? Is it really, you know, an attainable goal? And then T is your timeline. So again, so it's a smart goal. So is it specific, measurable? Who are you accountable to? Is it retain, uh, reachable? And what's the timeline for it? Hmm. So that kind of thing. So when I, so a couple of years ago, like I said, I, I actually created a personal planner and calendar. I, I created this book. I got it published. Um, and I got a couple of them in my office and everything. And I used it because I knew that, hey, and the layout of this book is really how I was living my life at that time and how I try and live my like my life to get productivity. So the beginning of this, actually the first two pages of this personal planner is called the dream board. Mm. And so there's this whole board where you say, hey, what's what's the dreams? What do you kind of what are the big picture I things? And then the next two pages breaks it down into the different areas of like, is it work athletics or work is it school is it your career is it personal is it financial and then it breaks it down one more time to what are the smart goals for this month or this quarter or this time to make those dreams come true yeah wow that's really good and you know i think um there's no shortage of like tools for these types of things whether it be the smart goal set up, which I'm thinking when you're saying this, when you got to timeline, 
I heard Dave Ramsey in my head say, a dream <laughs> without a deadline is a wish. Yeah. Right. A, a goal without a plan and a date that it's going to be done is just a wish. And mm-hmm. it's so true. I mean, so true. Even as simple as we just went through a training uh, as a staff here about John Maxwell's rule of five, the right. five things you do every single day to form good habits, the five things that move your mission on and your vision on and et cetera, et cetera. And honestly, even those five things without a deadline starting this day, I'm going to do them every day, period. Mm-hmm. It's just a good idea. Just yeah. a plan, right? All these things. There's, And then I'm thinking of other trainings we've done with like the in-frame, out-of-frame, which yeah. is another super powerful when you're talking about it breaks it down and then it breaks it down again. And it, like <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind. And there's no shortage of these tools, but it's figuring out how to apply them and figuring out what system works you know, best for you, that makes right. all the difference. Yeah, because if you, I mean, you could, there, there's people who spend their whole entire career or life studying this. Right. And they have different methods, different, but again, if it's not the right one for you, and if it's not the right method, then it's like hitting your head against a wall. You know? Right, right. And also, I think sometimes there's almost, Sometimes there's that paralysis that comes from like, well, I don't want to choose the wrong one. So then right. you choose none of them. But at the, at, in that moment, it's like, well, just choose any of them and just see, find out if it's the right one, you know? Yeah. And, and different seasons are going right. to use different methods. Right. And that's how I feel like kind of honestly where I feel like I am is I'm in this, I'm trying to figure out the rhythm for this job and the rhythm for this level of leadership. And because that's, it's all new, it's all uncharted right. territory and it's all like learning on the job type stuff. So I think that's what kind of what I wanted to get at and, and, you know, allude to in this conversation is like ways that you have found balance. Like what are some things you've done uh, on a personal level, professional level to try to attain that balance? And I know from conversations you have, I, you and I have had, you wouldn't say by any stretch you've mastered that balance, yeah, no, I- <laughs> uh, you know, I have, I hope someday it's possible to master it, but I haven't either. You know, it's just this constant like working on it. But what are some things that you have found that work for you or for your family, et cetera, to like find the balance so that you don't get overwhelmed by the size of the job or by the minutia of the job? That's the mm-hmm. thing is it can yeah. get you coming or going. You can get overwhelmed by how big the project is, or you can get overwhelmed by just how many little, little details details and things are on the to-do list. So Yeah, I, I think for me, I, and again, like we just stated, you know, I, I'm saying kind of things that I thought have really worked well for me. And what really worked well for me in now the multiple stages of my life, you know, before I was head of school, before when I was, you know, as a youth and children's pastor and in education and going for my master's degree and like things like that. So one of the biggest things that really works for me is blocks of time. I, I'm big about putting my different areas of my life in boxes. Uh, not that they don't get messy, you know, but I remember some of the most busiest times of my life have actually been the most productive times yeah. of my life. Yeah. Um, now, and still, and the big thing about that, though, is still in a healthy way. Right. I mean, we can be productive and we can get stuff done all day long, but then we are failing as husbands or we're failing as parents or, or maybe the opposite. I'm doing a great job at home. I'm failing, you know, at work. And, and that's not the goal here. The goal is to go, hey, how do, how do we make that balance or that productivity across the board? And, and we're not perfect, like you said. We're not, we don't got it. But blocking my time 
has been, I would say, probably the number one thing that has been crucial for me to find that balance to get things done is kind of going, hey, this is my schedule. Uh, the five you know, things like, hey, pretty much every morning I know when I get – because communication is such a huge part of my position, you know, communicating with parents, teachers, students. One of the first things I have to do is check emails, check voicemails. Um, I know that – so I block a time for that because otherwise I get through a day and I realize at the end of the day – I haven't communicated with anyone or right. I haven't done what I need to do. Wow. Um, and so I do that not only at work when I like kind of, so, I mean, I even have actually a weekly time set aside where I, I have it blocked out and I say it's, I have an hour for vision time. So that's a big thing for leaders. And I, that's one of the things I learned from that coaching group is that if you don't, if you expect the vision and the dream just to come when you have time, those little things are going to take over and you're never going to have that. So I block out a w- hour of my week for vision where I'm either praying or I'm just kind of like going, Hey, this crazy idea that I had, let me kind of go down this rabbit hole for this hour because that's the other thing. Again, the leadership that dreams all the time, well, they spent two days going down a rabbit hole and a vision or a dream that they had about their organization and they wasted two days of their time. Right. Right. Um, so right. I have some of those kind of, I have time set apart for that, that, that I can do that, but I also have that time set. Um, but that kind of, again, bigger picture-wise, I know that, hey, certain nights of the week. like So there was a time in my life, and I think that's, that kind of models this the best for me. And that's actually right before I took this position. Uh, I was working full-time in education in a public school. I was a part-time pastor as a children's director at a church. I was I had two children at the time. Actually, one was, you know, another was being born. Uh I was interviewing, I was finishing up my master's degree, I was writing that book, and kind of all this at the exact same time. And my big thing that kind of made it able to happen and keep balance in all those areas is like certain nights of the week, certain times, this was my night I did my master's. This was the time I went to the church. This was my time at work. This was the time for my wife. This was, and I had those, and I kept them pretty regimented. Um, And because of that, that gave me the comfortability because I mean, in this job, one of the hardest parts, and I think I mean, I think you and I have talked about this before, kind of even we can probably relate to this. One of the hardest parts is being in a meeting or being in the moment of some other kind of decision making, but your mind is actually thinking about ten other things that you know you need to do. Right, right. I actually was gonna say. You were talking about blocks of time, and before you even said that, I wrote down um, one thing I have learned is like the power of five or ten, literally just five or ten dedicated minutes of processing yeah. on a situation. So like for me, I live like 12 minutes from here. So there have been times where I've had to lead a staff meeting or whatever, and I will focus in, you talk aim small and you'll miss small. I will focus in literally just not, I'm not going to think about my whole day, mm-hmm. but my first 45 minutes when I get to work, I'm leading the show. Right. What What's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. And 12 straight minutes of thinking about 45 minutes is plenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you, if it's all you're thinking about, if you get lost in, yeah, but then I have that meeting at two and then I have that other thing I got to do at three and oh my gosh. And you get lost in all of that. But if you're just focused, you're just zoned in on that one thing and you have all your attention dedicated to it. Right. And you might be a type of person who needs more processing time, prefers more processing time, and that's fine. Not you, but the, the person listening. Right, listening. 
But, you know, I talk about the the one-minute pause app that John Hel- John Eldridge has out, and I'm amazed every time I do that, which I need to get better at doing that, <laughs> every time I do just that one-minute pause to recenter with Jesus, how 60 seconds of that can change my whole day, you oh. know? So if God can do that in 60 seconds, what can he do through us with 10 dedicated minutes on a very specific issue, meeting, product, project? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So that's kind of something that I have learned is like to never underestimate. Not everything needs a whole hour. Like sometimes you no. just need to say for 10 minutes, I'm going to give this all my, every, nothing else matters. And that you come out of it nine minutes in, you've got it figured out and you feel great. And you can check that off and the dopamine's flowing and you're in a good spot. You know what I mean? Right. So that's definitely something. The other thing I was going to say in light of what you're saying in finding the balance and the rhythm is, in my experience, the alternative, and this is not good, and we we all know this isn't good, but this is how it plays out for me. I don't know about for you. If you don't build healthy rhythms, calendars, and schedules, then what happens is a you almost end up in this like binge and purge cycle where you're like, um, I mean, I'll just speak to it from this podcast. Like I will have seasons where I don't do podcasts and then I finally figure out how to wedge it into my schedule. And I'm like, I want to do six. I'm going to do eight. You, and it's like, <laughs> right. what if you just had a guest, one person booked every other week, you know, like just to, just to give a simple example, but it happens everywhere. And we all know that's a terrible like workout plan. Hey, I'm not going to work out for three months, but then I'm going to give it everything I have for four days and right. hurt myself. And if it's not good for your physical body, then why would we think it's something that's good for our mental state, our emotional state, our spiritual state? You know? Yeah. That binge and purge is like, it's counterproductive. Well, yeah, it I read my backwards. Bible last week, so I'm good. You right, know? right, right. So that's that is the importance of finding that balance and finding some level of a rhythm and it is hard to do but if you don't what you just said a second ago that's so true is like those little things if you don't block time out if you didn't if you value vision time to the level that you do and you didn't block out one hour a week to do it right there are so many little post-it notes that would hit your desk to soak that 60 minutes up there you know what i mean like well i think someone once said to me or I think someone either said this to me or I'm going to make it up here on the spot. <laughs> uh, no, I'm trying to Either remember. one works. Yeah, but I, I feel like you either make your schedule or someone else is making it for you. 100%. And, and that's the epitome of this job is that there's going to be constantly 20 things that could take my attention. At any moment in my day, there's something I could be, should be doing in that sense, according to somebody, right? Right. According right. to somebody, there's something that I should be doing. And that, that comes in various different ways. So me understanding and knowing what needs to be done and kind of the, you know, keeps me on, on track. Um, and especially when it comes to like leading, because sometimes leading and kind of moving forward is what I know to be a priority or what I know I need to be spending that time on will not look like it is what needs to be spent time on from the people I'm leading because they don't see where we're going. And right. I, let me kind of clarify that just even a little bit more. I mean, just like, you know, if everybody had full vision of where we were going and how to get there, then the leader wouldn't be leading. Like, you'd almost like you already would be there. 
Right, you know? right. And, and so they're kind of looking at this going, hey, I, I'm going to explain to you where we're going. But sometimes you have to lead people where they don't think they like want to go. Like, hey, we're it's going to be a little uncomfortable and stuff like that. And so in that sense, in kind of the productivity and kind of what we're talking about here with this aim small, miss small, is they're going to have their own ideas of what I need to be doing. But to, for us to grow as an organization, for us to kind of continue forward, or for you personally in your life, you might say, hey, no, this is actually where I need to focus right now. Right. Well, and I'm thinking right now of a quote from Jeff Leak uh, on that Rule of Five video that we watched. He said, leadership can never go dark. Meaning, no matter how overwhelmed you feel as a leader, no matter how, um, how much stuff is hitting your desk, you can't retreat into the darkness or to your quiet place and leave your people who are trusting you and following you to fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Because not even out of militia, like a malicious spirit or anything, they'll fill in the blanks wrong. Yeah. Because you're the leader and your your job is to help them fill those blanks in appropriately for the vision of the organization. So mm-hmm. I think that is is huge. Um let's park let's park it there for part one and uh we'll continue this conversation on the next episode. Uh but I really like this. I think balance is key. I think figuring out um how to how to block out your time, how to capitalize even on small blocks of time, and how to figure out um, what your method or tool is to help you be more productive. Those are all things that can help anybody listening be more productive with whatever they do in their life, whether it's ministry or otherwise, professional, home life, all of the above. Um, applying these things can make such a difference. So thanks, Daniel. Yeah. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode where we'll conclude this conversation. We'll go a little bit Uh, different direction, but same idea of aim small, miss small. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.